Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. (laughs) It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am group. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what we need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. After an unexpected third week off, because two of us sounded like half the women in Newark. <laughs> now you're just saying that to be mean. <laughs> Uh, it is the Intrepid Trio, Erikina, er, Erica, Kylina, and myself, Michelle. I mean, wait, oh. Eric, Kylan, uh. and, and myself, Mike. How's everyone Just doing? Just remember that, sweet cheeks. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Good. Better. I think this is the strongest my voice has been since the 29th of December. That's a long time, dude. It is a long time. So, and of course, just as I get better, it starts to get colder down here. I know you guys are already already freezing, but at least we weren't in a, I don't remember the town in Russia, but it was minus 88 degrees someplace in Russia today. I will stick with my 26 degrees Fahrenheit as of this moment. Uh, As of this moment, I am in the casino. Florida area, 40 and falling. We're supposed, right, to, and, we're supposed to get down 37. And I am in Northeast Ohio and we are at, looks like we are about 27 degrees, but it feels like 21. Wow. So the oh, I'm deep sorry, south, I corrected. 25 feels like 20. Yeah. Oh, uh, so, so the deep south, central Alabama, the Birmingham area is only one degree off from Northeast Ohio. Yes. I, I will say there was times during the holidays, Orlando, Florida was colder than spots in Alaska. And you know what? That's crazy because I, okay, in my job, I talk to people all over the country and Northeast Ohio had snow and uh, uh, people in Fairbanks, Alaska that I was talking to, uh, yeah, it was like sunny and, you know, kind of warm. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. global warming. <laughs> Hashtag like, wow. Not. That yeah, I was like, uh, okay. So, uh, to knock the business stuff out of the way real quick, check out the homepage. Check out ripped apparel, superhero stuff. Uh, superhero stuff's got a great little uh, Black Panther hero box going on right now, and they got some new Black Panther merchandise coming in. Mm-hmm, yeah, including a certain T-shirt that kind of ties in with certain political topics that have happened in the last week and a half and that's as far as we'll go there what oh, i gotta go Let, let's just say they took advantage of quotes that might have been said might have not oh, been said does it involve wakanda yes oh my god i want this shirt <laughs> 
<laughs> I was just having a conversation with someone yesterday and wondered what if Wakanda. I'm like, I'm gonna shut up anyway. <laughs> Let's just say the shirt says Wakanda is not and a blankety oh. blank nation. Uh, uh, no, it's not. No, they, 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 no. So, no. Anyway, uh, check them out. <laughs> Helping them, you know, going and supporting them helps support the show. Uh, no additional cost to you. Um, if you have any questions, comments for us or, or picks of the week that you like or a pick for Marvel Unlimited, a suggestion, hit us up at mmg at mightymarvelgeeks.net and hit us up on Twitter and Facebook at, well, Twitter at Marvel Geeks, Facebook at Mighty Marvel Geeks. Um, we want to hear from you. So speaking of hearing, we all have been seeing and we haven't had a chance to talk. Um, and we talked about Inhumans, right? How how we liked it, how we didn't like it. Ah, uh, yeah, a little bit. Okay, me personally, I think I could miss the series. I will say during the holidays, I watched Runaways. Right. Oh my God, is this is this worthy of a Netflix? Even though it's on Hulu, it's worthy of a Netflix. Even though it's on Hulu. Okay. Um, okay. Obviously, the attention was paid to. Runaways instead of Inhumans, of course. So, what well, did, did, did any of you guys have? You any of you guys watched uh, uh, the Gifted? I started to, but I I have fallen behind. But it just wrapped up this week. Oh my god, dude! Oh, I, I, okay. I, I I honestly, this is the X Men series that we've deserved for a long time. And the scary thing I'm, is, I, it, it ties in with uh, with Legion as well. It does. It does. Hashtag it's all connected. Yep. Yep. Wow. So but yeah, I mean we, we talk about the, the, the inhumans fizzling and, and the runaways sizzling and and the gifted as well. But uh tell you something. Looking back five years ago when Agents of Shield first came out, we saw the very first, you know, the premiere episode. Would any of y'all just just have thought how much ground they've actually covered? I I think I know it hasn't. Well, it's been almost five. This fall will be five years for this show itself. But yeah. I remember many times you and I talking at the tail end of the of the first season. We didn't we didn't expect the show to last past uh, Ultron, past Age no. of Ultron, a- Age of Ultron. That's that's what we thought this show would be. It would be a space filler until we got to the second Avengers movie. But it has survived it, and we're all in the life of its own, almost. Yes, and it has gotten to the point, and this is one thing that I love where where the current season is doing. It is... It has been around. It's built up its own bestiary, its own mythology, for lack of a better word. Yes. And it's able to mine that. Yeah. Because you see in these little Easter eggs, go back. Just like the Gravitonium, go back. Yes. Lance Hunter, go back. You see all the all, all the Cree. Of course, of course, the Cree was kind of it, 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 it wasn't quite go back as much because you know the Cree keep showing up. Right. But uh, okay, so let's 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 recap. And by the way, this is major spoiler alerts. If if you're one of those people that haven't been watching Agents of Shield, and shame on you if you haven't, because this is <laughs> this may be one of the best seasons so far. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I think I, last I season I, I really like the format of last season with the pods. Yes. So to me that that makes last season probably the top season. But oh, spoiler alert. 
Yeah. It's and not, see, a, it's not I, an official spoiler alert until we hear it from Coulson. There you go. Now, see, I wish they had come up with the pod concept <clears throat> way earlier in the show's run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you could have seen, like, well, really, we kind of saw a protopod in the first season. Because yeah, you, had, you had the first part of the season where it's basically just setting stuff up and treading water until uh, Winter Soldier comes out. And the first then, part of the season, the first part of the first season was rough as all get out. That's what I'm saying. But right up to the point where Winter Soldier comes out and it, everybody's hell hydrating all over the place. Right. Right. See, you can almost divide up that first season into two pots. Yeah. Yeah. Pre Winter yeah. Soldier, post Winter Soldier. Yeah. I don't think they planned it that way. Well, uh, Uprising but, definitely. Uprising definitely was the pod. Yeah. Everything yeah. else leading to it was just, okay, it was just leading to it. So. Well, you know, it was, uh, and, you know, and I'm I'm tempted many times to go back and, and watch that first season. The thing was, you know, pre, um, pre-Winter Soldier, you could see the visible struggle that they had with, oh, okay, well, it's Hydra, but it's not Hydra. Uh, you know, it's, it's a, how, how close can we get without, you know, and you're like, oh, why don't you just say, and it was getting to the point of ridiculous. I think, yeah. I think they went, they pushed it as far as they could go until, you know, until you finally got, yeah. uh, until you finally got Winter Soldier. The, I mean, those, I, I don't know, I feel bad. I, I could not imagine being a writer and being held to that standard, you know? Yeah, it must have been frustrating because if you're writing for this series and you know what's coming up in the second half of season one, but you can't really get into it until that happens. Right. But anyway, to, uh, to, to bring everybody up to speed, what What's been going on? All right. At the end of season four, you know, we had the framework and we had Ada and we had the LMD of uh, Daisy shooting uh, General Talbot in the head. And he wasn't dead at that point. He was he was still alive. He was like in an ICU, that sort of thing. And, of course, Coulson and his team were wanted for the attempt on uh, Talbot's life and also for the murder of Director Mace, which, of course, they were framed for because Ada's the one that killed him mm-hmm. and had the the, uh, the the Russian guy basically whack on him, with, whack on his body with a hammer until every right. bone in his body is broken to make it look like Quake shaked him to death. Right. So, at the end of Season 4, we have Coulson waking up and uh, on a space station. And getting into, you know, say, you're getting up and said, okay, well, it's time to go to work, that sort of thing. And we thought, naturally, that this was going to be the introduction of S.W.O.R.D., which is basically S.H.I.E.L.D. in space. Right. Their their focus being intergalactic, you know, interplanetary or threats from space. There you go. Threats from space. Well, it turns out we were wrong on that because it's uh, not sword, and not only are they in space, they've been flung forward in time for about 75 years. And the Earth has been devastated, and the Kree have rounded up pretty much what's left of the human race, and now we're all slave stock. Fresh meat. Yeah. And in, a, in something that's extremely Black Mirror-esque, you have this little chip inside of you, and as long as you are a productive citizen, productive slave, you're allowed to live. So, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a space station known as the Lighthouse, where you've got the slave master, uh, I think uh, Cassius, I think it is. You, that is a pink skinned Cree. Am I am I not? 
think so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like that. Yeah. 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 Which who's the most famous pink skinned Cree in Marvel? That would be Captain Marvel, the original Captain Marvel. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's- uh-huh. Yes. So we're kind of seeing some groundwork being laid for the Captain Marvel movie. Yeah. Potentially. 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 And also considering what was Marvel's biggest mission or his greatest purpose to defeat Thanos. So you think with all those being set up now, we might get Captain Marvel in making a brief appearance in Age of Ultron or in, in uh, Infinity War. I'm thinking that's possible. Which will lead to the Carol Danvers. Yeah, I'm thinking that's possible. But now, but we have at the uh, uh, with this with the space station run by the Kree kind of thing. You've almost kind of got a, a gladiator come Spartacus vibe going they're trying the, the the group is trying to escape from the station called the lighthouse right and uh, there's like an inhuman fight club action going on yeah uh, what happens and did, in- and did we mention that daisy is responsible for the earth's destruction we did not. We did not. No. Hey, that's, but that's Daisy what we're being responsible. That's what we're being told, though, that she's responsible. Yes, we are being told that, and is being backed up by another character from earlier, from the Ghost of Seasons past. Here on Agents of Shield, you've got Robin, the little inhuman girl, whose dad uh, had this power of being able to see when people die. Right. Right. Well, apparently she's got similar powers. She can see the future, and she is. And, and really, I'm not taking this one episode at a time. I'm just giving you like grand. We're seven episodes in. Right. And well, well, see, you know, the thing is, what that part that you're talking about, they this just this part just happened. Yes. But, I mean, as it turned out, if you remember at the end of season four, they're all sitting in the diner and they're all waiting to be arrested. Yeah. Well, this bald guy shows up and we think they're being arrested. No, this guy is not with the military. He's not with the government. He's not even human. He's a robot. He's an android called a recorder. Mm -hmm. That is a character that showed up in... um, uh, in an old episode of Thor, yeah, I want to say, oh, I want to say, or it's like a, uh, it, it's like a Jack Kirby creation. Okay. I'm trying to think, trying to think, it's like early, like 120 or something like that. I think. I think so. Yeah. So yeah, this this is another character they're pulling out of the archives, and it's just, I think it's great. It's just like. Oh, and we have to mention Fitz is not one of is not among the characters, uh, the the group members that got abducted and sent forward in the future. No, he actually does get arrested and he's get stuck in prison, but he gets busted out by none other than Lance Hunter. And they track down who actually did abduct the uh, the group. That of course being uh, that of course being the recorder guy, recorder bot. And so this this to me is a little bit is a little bit hokey because it's it's a tried and true sci-fi trope. Fitz gets himself cryogenically frozen so he can wake up in the future and try to rescue everybody else. So the question becomes why were they? Why were the others sent so far in the future? Hmm, that is the question. That is a question. Well, it's we see the guys from uh, what you call it um, from the very first episode, the one who gets killed by the the Roach. Uh, talk about he's the one Virgil. who brought Virgil. That he's the one who brought him there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in a great little story twist, yeah, he gets killed before he can explain what the heck is going on. Yeah. Right. So you know, and the space roaches are another care, another race that was I want to say in Thor as well, or from some other from. Some other comic 
that once again they were you had to dig very deep to get it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're called what's, what are they called? Frelnexians. V r e l l n e x i a n s. Yes. Yeah. And they really haven't shown up much since then. I mean, now, just- although. Uh- there was something that before he before he uh, was put to, to sleep, uh, Fitz took a cache of uh, weapons, including a shotgun axe for Mac, and hid it in the base. And which you end up finding out that where they're located or, or where they are is part of the old uh, bunker base that Shield was operating out of, and that particular floor is overrun with space with the space road. Well, there you go. And so they're like, why'd you put it on that floor? He goes, how was I to know where it was going to be? You know, so <laughs> I don't know if, if we're going to end up seeing more of that. But yeah. And we've got some we've got returning characters. You know, the the, the cast of regulars, you've got Yo-Yo, you've got Mac, Maeve, uh, Phil, um, Fitz, Simmons, Daisy. But you also have some new characters, like you've mm-hmm. got uh, you've got Deke, who seems to be playing both sides a little bit. Uh, is is almost kind of like an Aragorn kind of thing. He's yeah. like he he's the son of greatness, but tries not to you know tries to resist it. Yeah. Uh, you've got uh, you've got Tess, which unfortunately she's only the good die young, and well she's. Uh, yeah, yeah. She's young. Yeah. She's young, and she dies. Spoiler alert. Uh, Flint seems to be a, a very interesting character. He, he's kind of like a, he's he's kind of like a counterpart almost to Quake, but mainly because yeah. his powers are more uh, rock oriented. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost kind of like you know the Jedi just kind of moving rocks around. But uh, the powers are interesting, and yeah. he is a character taken straight from the uh, Inhumans comic books from recent years. Actually, I want to say like uh, 2014 when he made his debut. Oh. Okay. And one thing in the comics, he is supposed to – he uses his power to create basically a, a, a stone battle suit for himself. Oh, which they get the budget to do that. Well, seeing as they're not using Ghost Rider right now, they probably have some room in the budget. They can do it. That'd be cool. That could that could be very very cool. Yeah, they get back down to Earth, which actually some of them are getting back to Earth. Some of them not. It. Uh, I have I, confession. I've not seen like the last episode or two, so I'm basically going by recaps here. And yes, I'm doing spoiler alerts on myself, but I am going to be watching them. So so yeah, I mean, seeing a lot of little things coming back. From from former episodes, from former seasons, I, I like that they're mining their own their own mythos, right? Yes. And so all of a sudden, the stuff that you thought was useless and really didn't have anything to do with anything else, suddenly that's mattering now. I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's it's intriguing um, that they're doing what they're doing. Uh, it's you know we we go almost. Four episodes in before we see Fitz return to their their world, and when he does return, uh, he he's uh, s- supposed to be what a, a big hotshot type guy who just like all of a sudden appears out of nowhere. You think the Cree would would have that on his ra- on their radar? Well, on the subject of things you thought were useless early on, but now are mattering. Did any of us see Fitz the potential in Fitz to be what he is now? No, I think that I think that is probably. 
that may be one of the best character development jobs yeah. in the entire MCU right there. Yeah. Because I, he and Simmons were like so stereotypical to start off with, mm-hmm. but these two have grown. And dear Lord, how many different ways are they going to keep these two lovers apart? You know, I'm like, throw these throw these kids a bone for once. Come on. I mean, every time, I mean, what the, the one time that they almost get together, one of them gets sent to another planet, and then they almost get together, and one of them is what stuck under the ocean, and no, he's he's uh, oxygen uh, deprived, and yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm like, I don't know, it's. But but they both propose at this point. Yeah. So now I guess they're doubly engaged. Yeah. I've, yeah, and, yeah. And, and they're even arguing over who proposed first. <laughs> Those I think that's hilarious. Kids. I think it's hilarious. I think it's just a little sweet thing in there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, Gemma, I know you can't hear me right now, but will you marry me? Yeah. It, it's just we are leaving out so much because there's really so much to cover. We would need, I say we need at least a good three episodes or excuse me, issues because we have issues here on mighty Marvel geeks. It It would take us a good three issues to cover everything that has gone on. That's true. I mean, cause there's, I mean, there's a ton of stuff with just looking at the earth and the state of the earth alone, Mm -hmm. you know, that, yeah, there's uh, yeah, there, there, there's a lot. There's just a lot. Um, I mean, we could talk about the Inhuman Fight Club and how Cassius uh, wants to sell off Daisy's DNA because she is known as the destroyer of worlds. Yeah. Uh, you. There's also the the rather complex relationship with Cassius and and his enforcer woman with the uh, with the with the iron balls and and his brother that he winds up stabbing in the back and in the front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of the like Mister and Mrs. Is Boba Fett. That was that was one of the lines that just kind of stuck out in my head. Yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Boba Fett, they look so tough, but they are actually not that competent. No, no. I I enjoyed the, the quite a few um, Star Wars references in there. Oh yeah. I mean, it, 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 it was quite entertaining. Like, okay, that was good. Okay, that one was better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one thing I think that one thing that I liked so far is Agent May is vulnerable. Yes. Yeah. She is human after I, that. That sounds so bad because it sounds like I've been cheering for May to be taken down a notch, and 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 that nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, I would love to get Mingna Wen here on the show and tell her just how much of an awesome person she is and an awesome character she has. But every season so far, she's been the cavalry. Yeah. No matter how bad things get, we all know that she is going to come in with guns blazing, with you know, boot to the head, snap kicks and, and punches yes. and, and somersaults off of office furniture. Oh, uh, yes. You know, partially, you figure because, you know, she's been recovering from knee surgery in real life. Mm-hmm. So she can't do the stunt work. She can't do the physical work. And But also the fact that, yeah, May can't ride to the rescue now. She's having a hard time with that. Right. Right. You know, she has been the standard of badassery, if that's a word. We may need to bleep that out. Um, 
but she has been the the butt kicking standard to which everybody else is held and you find out there's someone else more hardcore than her uh, that just proves how hardcore some of these other people are sure well you know and something i've been thinking about about this season so far is are is there a grand plan to somehow connect this at least in some way to infinity war of course yeah. And so, so I, you know, I, I'm assuming that means that we get to see our agents come back in time. And does that mean that we just forget the shield ever existed? Because everything has been mothballed right now, as far as anything, anything with the shield logo on it is pretty much gone. You know. So, well, and in a way, I kind of like that. I do too. I mean, we're. I have said it before. I was hydrated out. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's only so much mileage you can get out of the hidden enemy within kind of thing. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra! See, that's what I'm talking about. This, there's no Hydra. No. no. There's no aim. No. There's no, there's no, is this the real shield or is this not the real shield? I mean, there's no government bureaucracy. There's no, uh, there's no bad guys turning into good guys. Well, there's a little bit of that, but you get the idea. I, this, even though being stuck in a future that you don't want to happen, it's a tried and true sci-fi trope. This is feeling fresh to to me yeah <clears throat> i would agree and it's kind of like this is kind of like the last place we would expect to find shield that's true that is true or the agents thereof true so let's see is that i'm i know i'm forgetting some stuff because like i said we're just we're just touching the surface of this um we talked about the space roaches we've talked yep. about the inhuman fight club we talked about um Fits coming from the back, from the past to the future. Right. Um, we did not talk about the signal that they're supposedly getting from Earth or what's left yeah. of Earth. Yeah. That's yeah. supposedly being sent by Deke's father, who was a hero of the resistance. Yeah. So they're trying. They're trying to get back to Earth. They're trying to find you know to find the source of this signal. Hmm. And you know we're not we're not we're not seeing a lot of Phil. Phil is not showing up as the centerpiece of the series so far. No, no. I don't this know is how I feel about that. No, I'm okay with with Phil not being the centerpiece. We've had so much of that. Yeah, and that's not to say that he's not he's not leader of the gang in this. But we're like the first you know the first season you know it was about him. And right. even even with the whole uh, Tahiti thing, and was he dead? Was you know how did he come back from the dead? Kind of thing. Right. It was still all about him. I kind of like that. It's not all about him. I agree. You know, when you put it that way, I I I, I I'll agree with with you in that sense. You know, it's um, you know, like you know, I guess to a certain degree, if he was always. If he was always being Phil, uh, we wouldn't get to know the other characters. I mean, we're kind of getting to see, like, okay, mm-hmm. like how Mac, how Mac is almost in a weird way has created a mini family with him, yes, Yo and yeah. um, Flint, Flint, yeah, yep. yeah, and I'm like, okay, you know, and, and I, you know, and I know that he, you no, know, he hasn't fully recovered from what happened, you no, know, when he was, you no, know, in the matrix, oh, not the matrix. The framework, the framework. And, the fr- and the framework. Yes. So yes. I know. He, so you, because you, I, so you saw it too. You see him all of a sudden being father 
naturally towards Flint. You know, where at, at first I thought it was Big Brother or mentor-like, uh-huh. but, but it's actually that. like, yeah. And, and see, here's the thing. That is just, it's, it's deliciously cruel because it we is. saw Mac being... Basically, he'd be hired muscle for uh, for this one guy, uh, Grill, I think, was it? Yeah. 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 So, you know, he was sent to lean on somebody who owed Grill money. Right. But but as it turns out, what he owed the money on was buying a kid. Mm-hmm. And for somebody who didn't want to leave the framework because he didn't want to leave his kid, he knew it was fake. He knew it was just a simulation, but he wanted to stay there with her. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, but that's what I'm talking about. Deliciously cruel. I mean, yeah. kind of, you can't help but cringe, but it's it's such a good it, it, in in any way that a dagger to the heart can be good as in a good storyline. Oh. I mean, that's you got to know that's got that has to be crushing on him. And so, yes, it, it makes perfect sense. And it's such a sweet note that he's trying to rebuild. He's trying to build a family with Yo-Yo and Flint, kind of mm-hmm. like to replace the one that that he had in the framework. And you know, it's uh, it's it's interesting how they how they subtly bring it in with him. Uh huh. Right. And then you know, it, it, you just kind of you, you don't notice it until it dawns on you when he when he and uh, Yo-Yo decide to stay back. Uh huh. And I'm like, oh. And you get the feeling, really? Maybe Mac didn't even realize he was doing it at first. Yeah. Just, I don't know. It's a gut wrencher. Yeah, gut wrencher. Again, mining that backstory, mining that history. Yeah. Well, talking about history, <clears throat> since we're going to move on, we we know Sony's got the Venom movie coming out, and, yeah. and we've heard um, Tom Holland is not a part of it, Spider-Man's not a part of it, because the movie does not take place in the MCU. Well... Maybe that's changing after all. Do oh, tell, really? Uncle Mike. Um, according to comicbook.com, they said that scooper John Schnepp, like Schnapps, by the way. I, I'm, I'm, I can't confirm that, but I'm assuming. Schnapp like Schnapps? Schnapp like Schnapps. Uh, Did you look it up on Schnopes? No. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> No, Schnapp. Snap. There you go. Um, John Schnapp appeared on the most recent episode of Collider Movie Talk and informed the host that Tom Holland's Spider-Man um, is set to make an appearance in the Tom Hardy Venom film. Uh, quote from him is, I'm going to say it right here on this show. Spider-Man is going to be in Venom. For the last couple months, we've been talking about Venom. We've been hearing how Sony's keeping it all separated. Spider-Man's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but every other character that's in the Spider-Man universe is separate. Um, when Schnapp was asked if the appearance, you know, that's a difficult word when you've got a head cold as well. Um, when Schnapp was asked if the appearance of Spider-Man might be a cameo, he hinted that it might even be more than that. Like a cameo? Like who's like who knows what what do Schnapp answered? All I'm saying is Spider-Man, and I'm talking about Tom Holland's Spider-Man, is going to be in Venom. Now, I do not know the credibility of this John Schnapp, um, but I mean, if we're talking that he's possibly in Venom, does that now tie Venom into the MCU? Even though Kevin okay. Feige has said it's not part of the MCU. Okay, couple of a couple of thoughts come in my mind here. One, how do we know that things haven't changed since Feige said Venom's not part? This is true. Second, second. 
I remember back when uh, the the Star Wars prequels were coming out. Uh, we episode one had had come out. Episode two, Attack of the Clones, was 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 being prepped. It was being filmed, post production, that sort of thing. It was in it was in the works, and we were told, fans were told. There would be more pod racing in Attack of the Clones, along with other sports. And they were technically right because Obi-Wan and Anakin chased the assassin into a sports bar. Yep. <laughs> and where do you see the pod racing and the other sports? On the um, vid screens up behind yeah. them is like Buffalo Wild Wings kind of yeah. thing. So uh, that's the other thing in the back of my head that are we going to see Tom Holland Spider-Man as TV footage? Maybe. I mean, it, there's if he says it's going to be in there, there's so many ways Tom Holland Spider-Man could be in there. But if not he, all of them are positive. But if he actually has a role, then now this changes things up. Do we eventually maybe after Avengers Infinity War and whatever the fourth one is that comes out next year, could we potentially get an Agent Venom movie? If oh, this is all oh. MCU. Okay, okay, guys. While we're talking, I just pulled up IMDB.com. Right. Full cast and crew. Tom Holland rumored. Yes. Sorry. You you beat me to that yep i already looked (laughs) well i figured i should have known you'd be on there i i'm gonna beat you to this too because the next story below this one gives a and and this wasn't on our docket for tonight Marvel's right. Cloak and Dagger gets a series premiere date at Freeform. Yeah. First hour will air at 8 p.m. on June 7th, while the second will air at the same time the following night on June 8th. So it's going to be, it sounds like it's going to be a summer series. That's what it sounds like. So. 7th, June 7th, you said? June 7th, June 8th. That's a Thursday and Friday. Okay. So if they do them back to back nights each week, we could be talking uh, possibly 16 episodes through the summer. That's uh, well, it's possible. I mean, um, how long does the show run? Is it a 30, 30 minute or is it an hour? No, it's an hour show. Yeah, I I, I, I could see it 12 to 16. I don't know that they would do two nights in a row every week, though. Uh, no. According to IMDb, it's only going to be 10 episodes. Now, see, that tells me that it's the two. Two-parter in the beginning, and Friday, then at, Thursday and Friday, and they may wind up seeing which night does better. I bet you they're going to keep it on on Thursdays afterwards for the next. I would too. So it'll, it'll run nine weeks of summer, yeah. unless they do the finale as a two-parter as well. That's a possibility too. And then there's your eight weeks. Yep. So, um, moving on. How about some Guardians news? Since that kind of oh, this week. Yeah. So it looks like um, looks like that we're uh, we we have a confirmation for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Um, if the screen will come up for me. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, see, this is what I get for trying to be paired. <laughs> You, you should do? wink. What did you do to Jarvis I, I guess, this time? You know, I you know what I should not have made Jarvis play all that polka music back to back, and I apologize. But did okay. we talk about this? I, we we did, but I thought Jarvis liked the polka. You know, especially like when you mixed it with EDM. You know, you got the no, whole. No, we said bossa nova, not polka. Ah. Unfortunately, we cannot ignore the inevitable. Well, Taylor and, and Swift. I, Taylor Swift. T Swizzle. Did I just say that out loud? Anyway, so okay, or, so we. Is that about Charting Tatum? (laughs) Oh, Channing. (sighs) Which, which actually, while I'm waiting on this, is interesting that uh, 
the uh, Gambit movie lost its director last week. No. Didn't Again? see yeah. that one coming. Uh, yeah. I, I uh, we'll, we'll put this Gambit movie, as much as I want to see the character on screen in his own film, and I don't want to see Channing right? Tatum, this is going to become Marvel's, Marvel or Fox's answer to DC's The... The flush. I mean, flash. <laughs> oh yeah, because that, that that one's having a having a hard time uh, getting up and running, huh? Oh, yeah. uh-huh. But you know, start. we we thought we thought the same thing about Ant Man. We did. Yeah, we did. And so, but you know, you never know. And I walked out, of, and you know what the thing was? I was pleasantly surprised by Ant Man. Um, I for some reason is not, not giving me. Well, you know what? Give me a second. Give me a second. Well, well. Uh, yeah. So yeah, when I saw that last. Last week, and it made me want, made me think about well, considering what is in the works between Fox and uh, Disney, what does that mean, or what could it mean anyway? Right. You know, I mean, I mean, I know, I know that there's a lot up in the air still for you know for whatever projects that are out there, but you know, I don't know. Well, let's let's talk about this. Um, okay. We we talked about this oh. briefly on on Weeby Geeks last night. DC's only film I, coming out this year. Is Aquaman? Oh, Marvel has got Black Panther, Infinity War, Ant Man and the Wasp. Um, there's the X Men movie. There's the Venom movie. Uh, I'm missing one. I okay. Think. Oh, oh. The, did you get the animated Spider Man movie? No, I don't Spider- think. Animated, yeah, Spider Verse. But that that's direct to video. That's not theaters. Right. Uh, uh, let's see. Um, oh, but no. You know what? No, they moved. Oh, De- um, they, Deadpool two. Deadpool two. And they 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 were going to do um, New Mutants. But it got moved. Yeah, yeah. but still, Marvel seven eight films. DC one. Womp womp. So. Oh, and I. Okay, so when asked on Twitter, and this is from IGN.com, when asked on Twitter if there would be a third Guardians film, Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy film, uh, Gunn all but confirmed in March of last year that there would be, you know, and that he would return to uh, both direct and write volume three. And the, uh, he said in 2020. Okay. Yeah, so. Yeah, I, I think this is. It's it's, it's one of the most – you look at it and you just go, well, of course. Of yeah. course there's got to be a three. I mean because you know there's going to be stuff that's coming out of the, at least the second Infinity War movie. Sure. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, this whole thing is kind of like, you know, obvious tweet is obvious. It's like, yes, there's going to have to, there's going to be a three. Yes, Gunn is going to write it and, and direct it because who else would you get? J.J. Abrams? Know, Gun, J.J. Abrams can't have that much fun, can he? I mean, Gunn gets the Guardians. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, that, that is, I have said it time and time again on this show, that is the brilliance of the MCU because they cast people not just as you know, in the acting roles, but also in the writing and the directing. They cast people that get them. Right. I mean, th- this is a guy that made, this is a guy that made the soundtrack as big a part of the movie as the characters themselves. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, speaking of characters being as big as themselves, we had talked about in the past that we wanted to potentially see this happen, and it looks like it's going to happen. This from a press release 
from Marvel. Um, this spring, readers will find out there's no hero too big or too small to share an adventure with. As part of Marvel's multi-platform content program focused on targeting Marvel's youngest fans, Marvel is excited to announce Marvel Superhero Adventures. An all-new, all-ages comic book that will debut this April. Written by Jim McCann, um, New Avengers The Reunion, and with art by Dario Brazulia, uh, Avengers No More Bullying, and Avengers Versus, the five-issue series features the all-classic action and adventures of Marvel's greatest heroes and kid-friendly versions. McCann's work on the Marvel... Marvel Press Children series, Five Minute Spider Man stories, as well as the junior, junior novelizations of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider Man Homecoming, and Thor Ragnarok, help make Marvel Superhero Adventures the perfect tale for readers of all ages to enjoy. Uh, the stories that touched upon aspirational themes of friendship, helping others, and heroism, preschool kids and young readers will have a gateway into the Marvel Universe. And didn't we not talk about that this was something that we had heard? CB Sabolsky was going to try and might try and pursue since he was yep, a big right. proponent. Um, so that's that's where we're at. There we have yeah. Marvel's return to the all ages books coming. I think that's huh? a good thing. I do too. But I think there was something else that was a good thing that was also announced today. Um, well, this we're going to file under. How long have we been waiting for this to happen? <laughs> This well, very true. yes. If you went to your local comic book shop on New Comic Book Day, which would have been yesterday, January 17th, you could have picked up X-Men Gold number 20, written by Mark Guggenheim, art by Lan Medina, and cover artist Ken Lashley. He's a good guy, by the way. Ken Lashley. Love his stuff. Anyway. try game on the show sometime. You should. You should. Um, anyway, we are uh, in, in this episode, they, they wrap up the negative zone war where uh, the X-Men escape one hostile planet in the negative zone and crash land on another. Uh, the, the main thing here are natural challenges, uh, natural threats. Uh, in the case of Kitty Pride and Colossus, they are stranded in a massive sandstorm. Uh, Kitty is trying to keep them both phased through it, but she can't keep it up forever. She uh, tries to get Colossus to change into his metal form, but he's too hurt in the crash. Uh, they do get back. You know, Storm does show up. They get him back to the ship, and they get back to you know they get back to the X Men school. And a couple of days later, after Colossus is healed up, Kitty goes up to him and says, will you marry me? Oh, snap. <laughs> now, Kitty and Peter have been, they've been kind of an item off and on ever since we first saw Kitty in the comics. Yeah. I mean, the, and, and when she was like just 15, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, teen crush kind of thing. And <laughs> and she's grown up some. She's, uh, you know, they've both been on breaks, kind of like Ross and Rachel from Friends. Uh, you know, he's he's been interested in other people. She's been engaged to Peter Quill. Uh, that didn't last, obviously. Mm -hmm. But uh, Marvel dropped a trailer today, today being January the 18th. 
and uh, it is a personal invite to the wedding of the century. And it is, uh, so it's got some lovely art from J. Scott Campbell, uh, which shows both of them fighting in their X-Men costumes. But then it switches to a wedding picture where Kitty is in a lovely white gown, bridal gown, and Colossus is in his metal form, but in a nice gray tux that kind of highlights the blue in his in his uh, in his cheeks. <laughs> so we can imagine that after X Men, after the end of X Men number twenty, uh, he says yes. So you have this lovely music as you see these images grow across the scene, and then all of a sudden you hear like the classic record rip and the words, "What could possibly go wrong?" <laughs> well, with the X Men, well, it, it pretty much anything can go wrong, but we get to see exactly what goes wrong or goes right. Who knows? In June with X-Men Gold number 30. It'll be it's uh, written by Mark Guggenheim with art by Paolo Sequera and it will be hitting in June, like I just said. Very cool. And this is something like I said we have seen time and time again. We almost saw it in Excalibur, but sure. she was dating Pete Wisdom at the time. Her and Pete's. Yeah, for Pete's it's sake. Th- for Pete's sake. She and Spider-Man, we don't we don't think anything happened there. Too much pride. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> So, well, let's get right into it. It is our picks of the week. And, um, you know, since I've got the MU pick for this week, I'm going to go ahead and start us off. All right. Um, my first pick of the week is written. We're, we're, fe- we're forgetting something. Oh, that's right. We got to have some Shaw spots here. Let's go. That's better. So, um... Written by Al Ewing, artist is Michael Del Mundo. It's Inhumans Judgment Day number one, and it's a one shot. Um, Inhumans face the wrath of their creators. The royal family has spent months tracking down Primogen, the element that birthed Terrigen, and could save the Inhuman race from its slow extinction. But to get it, they they confronted the progenitors, beings older than the Earth itself. They stole fire from the gods, and the gods are angry. The fate of the planet of the planet Earth once again sits in Black Bolt and Medusa's hands. The progenitors are here to end their experiment once and for all in our world with it. Who will be able to stand on Judgment Day? So, Eric, why don't you go next? Okay, my first pick of the week is Marvel's Avengers Infinity War Prelude number one. Written by Will Pilgrim. Art by Ty Walker. With cover art by Ryan Minerding. Minerding. When a terrorist puts the Avengers at odds, Captain America and the Winter Soldier go rogue to find him. But Iron Man isn't far behind. Will the Avengers survive the fallout? Then, find out where Captain America, the Falcon, and the Black Widow are headed next. Because the world needs heroes, whether it wants them or not. And get a sneak peek at Tony Stark's brand new armor. Get ready for Marvel's The Avengers Infinity War in Part 1 of this special prelude. Alright. So, Kyle. 
in year next. All right, my first pick is Black Panther number 169. The writer is Ta-Nehisi Coates. The artist is Leonard Kirk, and the cover artist is Brian Stelfries. Claw Stand Supreme Part 4. The Dora Milaje once lost faith in their nation. Can the threat of Ulysses Claw and a hostile army reunite King and his guard? Meanwhile, Claw and his allies set in motion the next stage of their attack. Can Midnight Angels, Io, and Anika escape to warn the king? Or will the Midnight controlling Zinzi reach them first? The Black Panther loses ally after ally as Claw's powers grow. Legacy continues as T'Challa struggles to keep control. Alright, well, my second pick of the week is written by Charles Soule. Artist is Angel Unzutia. Cover artist is Phil Noto. And Star Wars Poe Dameron number 23. General Organa's covert mission on Cato Nemodia has hit a serious snag, and the mission to find Lorsan Tekka is in jeopardy. Can Black Squadron survive an attack from the least, least expected source? We shall soon find out. So, Eric, your okay. number two pick. My number two is a number two. It is Marvel 2-in-1 number two, written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Jim Chung. The Fate of the Four, Part 2. What is the secret of Reed Richards? And is it deep within Monster Island? Ben and Johnny are the only ones who can uncover it, unless Doom beats them to it. The Fate of the Four continues here. Okay. Kylan, your number two pick. My number two is Luke Cage, number 169 again. Uh, the writer is uh, David Walker. The artist is Guillermo Sana, and the cover artist is Raza. Caged, part four. Luke is rescued from the collapsed mine, but he's out of the frying pan and into the fire. What horrors await him in the Ringmaster's prison hospital? All right. Well, coming to our last picks of the week, uh, my final pick is written by Dan Slott. Artist is Studer, Stuart Monian, and it's Amazing Spider-Man number six. 794. Threat Level Red Part 1. Nearly one year ago, Spider-Man hurled the dangerous madman called Zodiac a full year into the future. In this issue, Spidey catches up to him, and Zodiac's had a whole year to prepare for their rematch. Uh-oh. Oops. Yep. All right. <clears throat> My third pick of the week is Thanos number 15, written by Donnie Cates, art by Jeff Shaw. Thanos wins part three. As King Thanos and his writer prepare to face the coming forces of the fallen one, he surveys the universe he's dominated. And apparently the intern just broke for lunch there. Mm, must have been. So, Kylan, your final pick. My final pick is actually a trade. It's Immortal Iron Fists trade paperback. A uh, writer is K.R. Andrews and the artist is Afu Chan. Uh, there's a new Iron Fist in town. The young Kung Fu monk Pei. And Danny Rand is ready to teach her everything she needs to know about harnessing her chi and being a hero. But can he teach the young naive Okun how to fit in at a New York City public school? And what about all the mysterious monsters that keep trying to destroy the Big App? Trouble is coming, but thank goodness this city is big enough for both Iron Fists. It's gonna need them. Get ready for an action-packed tale with twice the Iron Fists. 
crushing demons and crushing on classmates. There you go. Well, bringing you the first MU Marvel Unlimited pick of the year. Um, and we're going to start off light. We're going to get back into the routine of the Marvel Unlimited picks. And then starting in February, we will be bringing back Book Club, So, which will end up a separate episode. Uh, I think we said that's going to be, what, a point five? I think so. So, um... For the first pick of 2018, I have gone with Garut number one. It was part of a, uh, I believe, six issue series. And uh, for the first time ever, the most famous ta- famous talking tree thing in the Marvel Universe is starring in his own series. You might recognize him from Guardians of the Galaxy, the biggest movie of 2014. When Rocket and Groot are on a intergalactic road trip, Calamity strikes. The two get separated, and for the first time in years, Groot is on his own. Written by comedic ace Jeff Loveness from Jimmy Kimmel Live and drawn by Marvel Comics newcomer Brian Kessinger. Why does that Uh name sound familiar? Um, Get a front row seat for explosions, space sharks, aliens, and intergalactic hitchhiking. Yeah, baby, you read that right. Whatever may be coming Groot's way, one thing's for sure. It's going to be a Groot adventure. (laughs) That sounds pretty Groot. I am full for that. (laughs) I am Groot. I am Groot. We are Groot. So, um, I did pick up some back issues at my store of this book. Uh, I, oh, which issues did I get? I got issues four and six, because they didn't have the other four. But I'm trying to get the others. It's it's on my list. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not sure if they actually did a trade paperback for this or not. If so, I just might go after the trade instead. So, that's the unlimited pick of the week. Uh, have you been eating Tide Pods again? Sorry, got the effect was still on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought like, I hit it. I was just waiting for you to do, I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. Does anybody have any tape to put over the death button? I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> so, as I was saying, I have issues four and six. I eventually do want to go back and get the other four to complete the set, but I'm not sure if there's a graphic novel or not. So, uh, if there is, I might just go ahead and go after the graphic novel instead. Well, there you go. It's a great way to keep everything together. Oh, yeah, because it's all connected. That's yes, fine. Especially if it's bound together in one volume, it's all connected. Yeah. So, any final thoughts? thoughts. I think Kylan should watch more trailers for Black Panther. I, I, I cannot. I, I'm serious. Like, whenever I just seeing the, the the first two, I cannot contain myself. That that trailer, I, I get the feeling that Black Panther is going to be like an action movie on two cases of Mountain Dew. That's why I think. I could be wrong. I'm just saying. And I don't know if I, I, I don't know. I even took the day off work. I took the day after off because I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle it. I, I think Kylan also needs to just accept his love affair with Channing Tatum. I no, I will not. It's very. I will not. It would be very illuminating. Oh, oh, you you did that, huh? I I, I did that. <laughs> Look, I tried, I, I, like, I tried last week. No, a couple weeks ago, I was up late, and 21 Jump Street was on. And I oh, tried. you didn't. You didn't. I, I tried. I couldn't. I, I, see, thing is, I like the show, 21 Jump Street, too much. And this, and I mean, there were comedic aspects to the show. But, you know, it, it was still a cop show, you know? It's what gave this, us Johnny Depp. It gave us Johnny Depp and um and, and um, Holly Robinson for, like, you know, a, a song. And Richard Grieco, which didn't go anywhere. Um, 
No, no, it didn't. Mm-mm. No, no. Oh, but we did get uh, Stephen Williams back. See, because you know he he had disappeared like after doing what um, he was uh the Blues Brothers, and then he disappears, and then he's on Twenty One Jump Street, and then he ends up on uh, Supernatural. So see, it's all good. You know that works. But yeah, I, I will. Yeah, but yeah, I tried. I I could not. Number one, the church that they used was nothing like the church that was in the series. That church was cool. I mean, I had a, I had a had a fireman's pole in it for pizza, you know? Right. I think every church should have a fireman's pole in it. I I, I, I was fighting for a fireman's pole in my house. I thought that'd be cool, you know? Instead, you no, know, I could just, you know, I'd be in a better room and boom i'm in the kitchen i think uh, i think that is where i would be yeah kitchen boom but uh, i don't this happening either but okay. <laughs> that, may be, that may have to be our issue title right there hole in the, the kitchen hole in the kitchen <laughs> there you go yep. writing it down right now <laughs> writing it down right now see folks we are just pulling back the curtain here fire pole in the kitchen oh and somebody that's going to show up on somebody's RS feed, and they're just going to like whiskey tango foxtrot. Yeah, <laughs> and they're going to have to wait till the end of the if- issue and say, oh, "Oh, so that's what that means." And and it, yes, people, I am sober. Uh, <laughs> after my little stint in the hospital, I, I I can no longer, I cannot imbibe right now because I'm on Zerelto, and I'm sort of like this is the first time. No, number one, I made it 47 years without having to ta- without ever having to take medication, and when I do take one is one that's like you no know, that's advertised by celebrities i feel pretty cool right now so you know well we're glad you're back feeling better that's what i'm yes. that's, that's all that matters <clears throat> I, I i do man I, I i feel better than i felt in a long time i'll be honest with you so. how's this for breaking yeah. news sony pictures head says if studio doesn't grow they'll be purchased in, so, a, in a decidedly frank panel discussion at the NATPE conference, Sony Pictures Entertainment Chair Tony Vincequera said that if the business he leads does not see growth in the near future, then that may be put on the market to be sold. Most of his other comments were echoed by others. The need for a global scale, more divided audience reaction, and the difficult distribution points are hurting many companies. He added that with the pending Disney acquisition of 21st Century Fox and their assets that the number of major studios are going to shrink in a couple of years, including his. All right, so what does that mean for Spider-Man? Uh, that means Bob Iger may be whipping out his checkbook <laughs> yet again. I, well, it, this is, this not is how you can money. get back the whites. This is how you can get back the rights. Yeah, you know what? So, sometimes... I mean, I think about it. The one Spider-Man, the the, the the two times that we get Spider-Man and it's done right, Marvel Studios had their hands on it. See, at the, at am this, I right? Yeah. Well, at this point in time, does Disney need to really go after the entire Sony Pictures Entertainment Group, or do they just go I after? Say they have to, no, no, no. Just, just, just go just back Spider-Man. and get Spider-Man. You know, if they, if they're wanting to bring everybody home, if that's what they want to do, then bring everybody home. Yep. You know, I mean, Spidey right now as it stands, okay. And this is assuming that everything goes well with the Fox did. Uh, outside of Hulk, which is you know the only one that and that's universal the only one hanging out there that i can think of is spidey right yep because that's yes, pretty much. so so we will we will keep watch on this and uh until next time all wrapped up here sir will there be anything else nope just time to go dark that's a heck of a story to go dark on too yeah seriously <laughs> Well, I mean, is, is Sony actually hurt? But then again, does Sony have that many 
franchises out there either. No. I got some, but not... Men in Black was one of those as well. That's run by them. And that's a Marvel one too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Malibu. Well, let's think about this. With Disney acquiring Fox, that means MASH is now a Disney property. Wow. Does that make Klinger a Disney princess? I knew you were going there. That four hundred seven seven was not a kingdom. That's the thing. Oh, it was on its own because that was the best match in Korea. Don't tell Colonel Blake that. Oh uh, yeah, you're right. I don't want to take him off. 